Hi, I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And welcome to The Tim's Take, episode 71. Rachel, we are recording this the day before your birthday. It will come out the day after your birthday. Do you realize this is your third birthday as a mom? I had not realized that. Wow, that's weird. I thought you might say that. (laughs) Wow, yeah. The years, they just keep slipping by. (laughs) It is true. It is. He really feels older, Oliver does, which means we therefore are also older. Yeah, I looked over and he was sitting next to me instead of in his high chair because he started to want to sit at the table and I just thought, I'm not ready for this. There's no going back. (laughs) Hey, you feel much safer when you're contained and that this is as he continues to just put his dirty hands on my shorts over and over and I think, why? Why? But it's like, wow, yeah, you're just growing up before our eyes as are you rachel (laughs) (laughs) as am i in 24 hours i will no longer be 30 wow you're comfortable just disclosing your age Uh, that's the kind of vulnerability you find on the tim's take only here only Only for the friends not not on all those other podcasts people would deflect they wouldn't say their age but i love it you just come right out with it there's no segue to our topic i don't think that i can think about of that wait let me see hmm Well, just like age reminds us of seasons that come and go, so there are things that we occasionally get to do as parents, and that is the times when we get to not be parents. So today, our topic that you and I are going to talk about is what it looks like to have time away from kids, but not so much necessarily what it looks like, although I do maybe want to start with our experiences, but some of the feelings and some of the cultural narratives maybe that surround this topic as well, but Maybe to just get us started, we both recently taken solo trips. What was your experience of that time away? This time, was there anything that surprised you? Is there anything you particularly enjoyed? There's just something about not having constant responsibility for <laughs> another human besides yourself that is really freeing. And I think I definitely took for granted when I was not a parent. So going somewhere and being that far removed, like you're just not responsible. I mean, unless something major were to happen and you were to call me and need something. But like for the most part, you're kind of off the hook of responsibility. And it is amazing how much you slip back into like that mode. <laughs> the responsibility mode. The non-responsibility mode. Oh, the non mode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I gotcha. Like it's just, it's quite nice to wake up in the morning and you can do your thing and you don't have to go wake up anyone else or feed them or clean them or and it's it's nice <laughs> yeah we had this experience was it late late summer Oliver spent the night at my parents and we didn't go anywhere we were just at home but the next day we we're just like yeah this is easy and feels normal <laughs> and yeah it's like, but it's not our normal anymore I remember that surprising me the first time like how normal it felt and even on this trip some friends asked me like oh do you miss Oliver and I'm like Yes, but not to the point where I necessarily wish I was back with him right at this moment. Yeah. And maybe that's a strange thing to say. I don't know. That feels maybe something, a little counter narrative that you're supposed to like, I don't know, just like miss your kids, your heart longs for them when you're away. And I'm like, in this case, like, I know he's with you. He's safe. And that's really probably the biggest thing for me is if he were with someone new or non-family for the first time like I would be a little anxious but knowing he's with you I just like I don't worry about his safety and so then I'm like 
he'll be he'll be fine like yeah so and i know i'm coming back to him and so i don't really miss him completely (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. i don't know what was your experience like well one of the things that surprised me about this experience was how much i did not enjoy the travel home because i was just ready to be home yeah and usually i actually don't mind solo travel too much because i can do what i want i can listen to my podcasts i can read or watch the shows that i want to but this time i was like oh like i'm just now ready to be home like the stuff that i was doing is over and i don't have interest in being away longer at this point i if my trip had been longer i don't think i would have struggled with that but the travel home was actually not something that i enjoyed and that was like a first for me I thought. Um, yeah. And I can relate to that. I went on a solo trip in February to Phoenix. And on the way back, our flight was overly weighted. And so they needed people literally to not get on the plane because their luggage was weighing oh, yeah. down the plane too much. And they needed like 10 people to get off. And so they kept like ratcheting up the amount of money they were going to give you to not go on this plane because it's the last plane out of the day. They really needed people out. And... I mean, it was like almost $1,000 and I was like, nope, I want to get home and see Oliver, which maybe now I regret. (laughs) (laughs) But in the moment I did that, like I was like, no, I'm going to get home to my kid. Yeah. I do think to go to what you're saying earlier a little bit too, I think my experience is it's not, it's not just the responsibility. It's the constant requests that you are free from, especially now that Oliver can talk and You know, one of the things I'm interested about is I was just listening to a podcast with several dads talking, one of whom has kids who are just going off to college. And this experience of like, it's like when they're little or when you're like running them around to like all their sports stuff, you're like, can I just get a break? And then as they get older, you're suddenly just trying to claw time back because you can see the end coming. So part of me is like, there is a little bit of this maybe where it's just like, gosh, a break is just so nice. And then in 16 years is suddenly like how do we how do we not have a break and this person was pointing out you know part of what happens too is they are increasing in independence as you are realizing that your time is running out (laughs) (laughs) as you want them to be less independent exactly as you want them as you want to like have these moments with them they're then like oh forget you i want to just hang out with my friends so there is like there is kind of something tragic it seems yeah, about kind of the parenting experience. And I feel like right now we are in the part of the narrative of the story that sets up, sets it up to be more tragic down the road. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's parents of older kids or just people who have experienced this, but I wonder if there's like a sweet spot in which like your kids are independent enough that you get some like mental relief that you're not constantly having to be on to provide for them but they still kind of also want to be with you like is there an age in which that is like i have dreams of that being like elementary school yeah right like pre-puberty like before middle school when all like everything drama hormones and everything kicks in and of course that might not be true oliver might be an absolute terror in second grade <laughs> who knows but like that that feels like kind of the imagine the imagining yeah i feel like we have some friends for which that is true like there's still a sweet spot that their kids really enjoy spending time with them and 
are also independent enough to like go read a book alone in the corner and like <laughs> that sounds like a nice balance and we're still a ways from that but then as soon as that balance shifts you're right then it becomes the tragic side yeah it. so well oh, huh? one of the things i like about our conversation is how quickly we've moved from like these big times away to like small reliefs because this is something i've been thinking about too so we are currently recording in the midst of isolation COVID has come and visited us again again in three months and there are there are really aren't words folks <laughs> It's been rough. And I am very much a homebody. In some respects, isolation, quarantine should be my sweet spot. But one of the things I've realized in this isolation is, wow, I really rely on going to the office for, like, my mental health. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Like, I was reading this article by Brian Gresco. It was on, it's on like Susan Keynes who wrote the book Quiet. Like there's a website. So it's from like an introvert's perspective. But he says this, for introverts, having time away from their children is essential. If you as an introvert hold yourself up to the standards set by our attachment focused culture, which I thought was a super interesting phrase, mm. you might end up feeling that something is wrong with you, that you don't love your kids as much as you should, or that you're somehow failing at parenting. You're not. You need to establish a relationship with your children that is right for you which we could talk about that sentence itself. That's kind of interesting. He goes on, still, knowing that is one thing. Feeling it is another. I sometimes worry that I'm not parenting right and that I should be more nurturing and closer to my child. When my parents ask with excitement about what my family has planned for a three-day weekend or a long break from school, I sometimes respond with dread rather than anticipation. I appreciate the quiet routines of the school week that afford me some space I require for myself each day, space that can be hard to come by when my son is at home all day. There was a lot that resonated with me yeah. in there. And I I don't know in our relationship how you think about this, whether I have the privilege of getting to go to an office because you work from home. You get a little bit of childcare, but not a lot each week. But I'm like, I, I think I really need that time to kind of be at my best as a parent. Yeah, I mean, I think we have set up our lifestyle a little bit to play to some of our personality. I do, yeah, I probably have, you know, 10 hours of childcare a week and yep. that that is probably essential for me to to continue to survive in a stable way so but i need probably less than you because of some of our personality i think it's like personality and time away as i'm kind of thinking about this it also just allows you to like we are more than a parent to oliver and so i think it allows you to fulfill these other roles of his reading something someone posted on Instagram about she has three kids and she was visiting her brother and sister-in-law who also have two kids, but she went without her own children to visit them. And she Mm. was like, there was something about getting to be an aunt in which I was not also parenting my own children. That was like this really fulfilling, life-giving thing to like just be an aunt and i think i experienced that too when i went to chicago i was visiting a friend who has a kid and to just get to be the friend to the friend who has the kid and not also try (laughs) that was a mouthful but and not also try the pseudo the friend aunt but also not try to be like parenting myself like allowed me to be more in that role and not you know so i think i think like that part is like a healthy desire to like want to be 
a person who is more than just this one label. I love that because what that does is, you know, we called this episode Time Away From Kids, which is the negative, the negative description of what it is. But you're talking about the positive side of it, where it is time for you to be something something else. Yeah. Right. Than a parent. And I think that seems right. That seems really healthy. I think there's there's some there's some unrealistic ideal maybe that we hold up that like you can be it all and do it all and like oh you can be that person and be a parent all at the same time somehow but it's just not true to our human experience or to our capacity like we don't have that kind of capacity like no i mean maybe maybe if this podcast had another name it would be like human finitude <laughs> <laughs> all of our limits all of our limits because we keep putting up against them but I, yeah, sometimes you need you need space separate from people to find a different part of yourself. I like that. That's I think a more positive way. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it goes to again it, Brian Gresco's comment of an attachment focused culture. I don't know whether I think that's bad or good, but I think it's certainly bad to the extent that it doesn't allow us allow you space to healthily separate, be these other and be these other parts. things. Any other thoughts on time away from kids? It's. It's nice. <laughs> <laughs> we're hoping to do it again this fall. You're you're literally, actually, right before we started recording, you were looking up hotels that we could possibly go to, and the plan wouldn't be not to not bring Oliver. Oh, till then. <laughs> till then. Yeah. Well, if I enjoyed that conversation, feels like gave me a different spin on the topic. I appreciate that. Yeah, me too. Do you have some other stuff? I just have one comment that I feel like we just need to record in podcast digital data. Okay. Is Oliver, he just, he does make us laugh really hard. Oh, so much. One comment I made, I, there's a part of me that of course in isolation would have loved to just binge watch so much of my own television or books or whatever, but. Also, Oliver has certainly made this experience entertaining. The experience of isolation, not being able to go anywhere, you're saying. Yes. Yeah. He certainly has provided laughter. And one of the things, he started doing this before isolation, but it just has really, really tickled me, is when we tell Oliver that he can't do something or, hey, Oliver, we don't throw our food halfway across the room onto the floor. And he looks at us very seriously and says, no, I do. <laughs> no, I do. He's got this, like this weird intonation. No, no I, I do. do. <laughs> and it's just, and you're just like, no, you don't. <laughs> he just, I don't know. It's just, it's the most toddler thing possible to just be like, no, I do. You're saying I don't. I do. One of the things that makes me laugh about it is it's not even to always the we don't do that or don't do that. It's sometimes also like, we cannot do that right now. Or like, you're not able to do that. He'll say, no, I do. And it's like, well, no, you, you literally physically cannot achieve that. But oh, no. it yeah, just, that's good. yeah. I mean, toddlerness is crazy. Most of the time I find it humorous, which is to my benefit. Cause even when he's being contrarian, it's just, you guys, you gotta laugh a little bit. That's good. I've got two other stuffs. Great. Is that what we call them? Yep. One, I want to harken back to way back when in an ancient episode at this point when we were talking about online shopping. And I just want to 
live in our suburban lifestyle where we frequently order things online from Target and go and pick them up. And I think in that episode, we were raving about this experience that you could go and you could pick things up. And I just want to officially retract everything good I said about online shopping at Target. And this is very specifically at Target. I'm happy with online shopping anywhere else and pick up everywhere else. I've had positive experiences. But if you online shop at Target and you order more than one thing in a day or at a time or something's being shipped to you, the way they charge your credit card makes absolutely no sense. If you have an order that is $23 and one item is $14 and one item is $9, you are liable to be charged a $2, $10, and $11, potentially three charges for one order, none of which, no individual item being those amounts. And it drives me absolutely bananas. It does It does not make any sense. And maybe this is specifically, we use the app to order like curbside pickup. And I don't know if it's different if you like ordered online and just shipped it to your house. Probably, maybe not. Yeah, it is the pickup piece, I think. I don't know. But I think they charge you like bag fees and stuff or like hidden things. I don't know. But it is, I mean, it really gets, Target, get gets your you. act together. <laughs> My, my second other stuff is much more pleasant, though. I just had to get that off my chest. It is, if you're a fan of baking shows and you are a U.S. subscriber to Netflix, you owe it to yourself to watch not Great British baking, Bake Off or Great British Baking Show or whatever it's called. You owe it to yourself to watch Junior Bake Off. Okay, we're both fans of the Great British Baking Show. We enjoy it. It's comfy. It's cozy. You get to watch people bake amazing things. But... Junior Bake Off takes this to another level. You, know, if you, if you're familiar with the baking show, you know it's like amateur bakers who are really, really good, but they're making all kinds of challenging things and trying to push themselves. And in every episode, you're like, oh my gosh, they might not be able to pull this off. And of course, the show's creating just a little bit of drama. It's, it's not American reality style drama. It's British style drama, so it's like low and it's friendly stakes. But there's still like a little bit of will they, and then they always pull it off. And you're like, oh, well, that, that worked pretty well. Or at like, least decently. At least, yeah, that kind of came out decent. Not in Junior Bake Off. In Junior Bake Off, if you think something might not go well, it might actually go horribly. And the kids, we just watched a couple episodes, but the characters and their faces and their comments, I'm just laughing the whole way through. And it's wonderful and warm. And there's still some pretty, very impressive baking. Yeah. That takes place. So it's not like, oh, I'm just watching, you know, like an episode of Nailed It or something like that. Yeah. Like it's, it's impressive. They're baking. legitimately trying to do something. And it's like kids, I feel like they're like 14 and under or something. Yeah. There might be a 15 year old in there, but. Yeah. But I mean, it is, it is quite hilarious. You just, I mean, there's time, they just forget things. I feel like one of them, like, put a whole thing of salt in at yeah, one just point. all the salt. All the salt. And that so they, they just don't quite have the awareness of like all the baking skills needed. And it is, it really is. And they're, and they're like pretty self-aware. Like the kids commentary is really funny and it's, it's great. We were pleasantly surprised. It is really great. Worth watching. Encourage you to pick it up. We'll link it in the show notes. All right. That's my other stuff. Completely unrelated to our topic, but that's what other stuff is. It's great. All right. Well, Until next time. I'm Matt. I'm Rachel. And that is your Tim Steak. Bye.